0: I find it disconcerting. There will be an appropriate time and a place to review policy. What does this rapporteur even do? The liberals and conservatives want to play a little game and score points. I
1: think it's pretty self-explanatory.
0: You're actually sharing half of the story. Lights, 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 yeah. There we go. Let us turn to Mr. Tom Korski, managing editor of Block Locks, reporter on the other side of the story. Hello there. Hi, Alex. Not in lockup? Or are you not allowed to be in lockup? Are they trying to lock uh... you up somewhere else? <laughs>
1: What you lock up is awful. It's like a hostage taking.
0: Oh, they really, it's awful.
1: They, 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 they literally lock you in a room for seven hours and tell you nothing. It's, it's very unpleasant.
0: Yeah, they feed you sandwiches and tea and then tell you how great their uh, stuff is. And if you don't tell everybody else that, then uh, the joys of a budget day. not on me. Nonetheless, uh, Mr. Uh, Handong, Don Valley North, North uh, MP, now an independent, threatening to sue global with libel. Uh, But this is not new for him, apparently, because you guys have dug up that uh, he tried to help um, get legislation passed that would restrict things like libel suits.
1: It did pass, and it's absolutely fascinating law in Ontario. Nicknamed the, the anti-slap law, and way back in 2015, uh, Mr. Dong was a member of the uh, Liberal Legislature in the day in Ontario, and he spoke very movingly about this. What does the law say? Well, my two cents. It makes it virtually impro- impossible for a public office holder to sue anyone for libel because the uh, it's called the Protection of Public Participation Act. The theme of it is that sometimes, if you can imagine, Alex, sometimes public office holders or important people who are criticized, say by media, will sue for defamation just to shut everybody up. And then you can let that case drag on for years, waste a lot of court time. Under the anti-slap law, you can, as a, for instance, public office holder who sues for libel, you can be held up for court costs. And there have been devastating awards against people who tried to get high hat. I have to tell you, my two cents, I would love to be sued by Handong. Then you can get them in examination for discovery where you are questioned Mm -hmm. under oath and threat of perjury. And you can ask questions like this. Tell me about these secret phone calls between you and China's consul in Toronto What is it you guys talk about? How many times do you have these conversations? And why did you never report that to the Prime Minister's office? You could sell tickets I I think this libel threat is a bunch of baloney
0: I will put some mustard on that baloney because we haven't even seen a statement of claim. And again, these are things that, I mean, newsrooms are not stupid. They prepare for these things. They have very expensive lawyers. They have editors. They have people that go over, especially stories that are this sensitive. (laughs) These stories don't just go to air. It's like, oh, I've got a good story. I think I'll throw some jello at the wall and hope it sticks. No, you got to prove that you can prove that story. So they don't just come out. And yet here we've got, you know, Jerry Butts, everyone else piling on. It's all lies. Only sources that they deem acceptable are apparently to be believed. Having said that, this could all be remedied very easily, Tom. Um The prime minister could simply say, I'm going to defend my, quote, unquote, outstanding MP. Um Here's the transcript. This is why we didn't think it was a problem. But they won't release that.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think although the, some of the apologists and forgive me, some of the duller members of the press gallery here in Ottawa have missed the point of this story, Sam Cooper's story, Global News, doesn't matter what the conversation was. This MP admits he had a confidential conversation as a member of the government caucus with a communist Chinese agent in Toronto. Unless they were talking about Mahjong, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And the prime minister's office said they didn't know about it. Can you imagine the reaction? If there was a member of the Conservative caucus who admitted to having confidential conversations with the Russian ambassador, heads would be exploding. This is why Mr. Dong is no longer a member of the Liberal caucus. It doesn't matter what the conversation is. There's a lot of smoke in the room, Alex, so the implication is there's a little bit of fire.
0: Yes, but, um, the fire will be put out if his, um, uh, you know, proponents, uh, continue to try to put it out, but, uh, there will be more. Meanwhile, um, you know, the MPs are demanding, uh, that David Johnson, uh, be questioned, um, I guess to see if he is up to the job of being the special reporter. I mean the fact that he hasn't resigned yet and said look I can't do this What's going on? I guess they're all in on this I mean exactly. you
1: know? no, it's 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 frankly ridiculous parliament has voted they've they voted for a motion for an immediate public inquiry to be headed by a judge selected by all house leaders so that it's on the level and here we have Dave Johnson 81 in retirement with his pipe and slippers apparently with a personal mandate from the prime minister to spend yeah. a couple of months musing Behind closed doors, whether he thinks he should out, he should veto a motion of parliament and decide no public inquiry is necessary. We're getting into weird country. So, mm-hmm. of all people, it was New Democrat MP Rachel Blaney, Powell River, BC, passed, uh, said uh, introduced notice of motion. Get Johnson in here. Let's start asking questions in the House Affairs Committee. So many questions. It's not going to go well. They're trying to stall this inquiry, Alex. I don't think it's going to work.
0: Well, look, uh, the dripping is going to continue. Um, so I guess we'll just have to see how serious those in this country are about worrying about this stuff. They sure were consumed with it when it was Donald Trump and the rumors of Russia. I mean, we got three years and 24-7 coverage in this country. Let's just try to get like a full week, right? <laughs> like,
1: it's yeah, these are, no, these are felonies. Absolutely. These are allegations of very serious crimes. There has to be an inquiry.
0: Should be. Meanwhile, um, public schools apparently should be rewritten to remove stereotypes about Muslims. Uh, this according to the federal special representative who's been hired to combat Islamophobia. This is, uh, Amira El Gabi, Agabi. Um, this is the advisor Trudeau hired and, um, she wants, you know, things, uh, changed. She wrote a booklet for school children that I, uh, that, I uh, id the red ensign as a hate symbol and, um, you know, she thinks it's offensive. This was Canada's national symbol. We should mention until about 1965 as you guys point out. But she says that this is, um, you know, the sign of a predominant white society. So she would like our history rewritten, I guess.
1: So this is one of those moments where you're actually grateful that the federal government doesn't <laughs> run the schools. Yeah. <laughs> you should, well, you know what would be going on, but God yeah. bless them. Uh, uh, ten provinces run their own school boards. Not the federal government, and indeed, well,
0: I, it's nothing to brag about these days, Tom. I can tell you that. But, yeah.
1: well, well, but they got this part right, and I know that, for instance, mm-hmm. Saskatchewan—they've so said, "Yeah, we're not interested in that—that that, uh, so-called um, anti-racism toolkit that identified the red ens and the flag under which Canadian troops fought Nazis in World War II—that mm-hmm. that that is now a hate symbol. That's how weird it gets. I'm sure uh, Amira El-Gawabi is a wonderful person. She had peculiar views as a newspaper columnist, described the Queen as a symbol of racism, and said that Canada Day was about Judeo-Christian storytelling. Not exactly the most level-headed person, not the one you want rewriting the school books.
0: And yet, she gets paid one hundred ninety-one thousand dollars now to do just that. So uh, she's earning her keep. <laughs> it's a living. <laughs> it's a living, all right. Meanwhile, apparently, the Department of Environment has decided they're going to cut costs uh, for the next climate change conference by what? Not flying a hundred thousand jets <laughs> to these things. I mean, what? What a novel concept.
1: I I, I would, uh, to be a delegate at the last climate conference, Sharm El-Sheik...
0: I'd rather stick forks in my eye, Tom. I'm sorry. Oh, no, not this
1: time. This one last in November. uh, The Fed spent $1.8 million Uh, of that. $813,000 was spent at a disco hotel in the desert. It had eight swimming pools... And there were free camel rides. It had three buffets gone 13 bars, apparently in a Muslim country. They must have got a local liquor <laughs> license. Very poor environmental rating, you can imagine. And that's where the climate change delegates were, were, were meeting, I guess, in between swimming and the pool and the camel rides and the drinking and the dancing to talk about the climate crisis. Alex... <laughs> They won't stop. They won't stop. But they said they did. The the deputy minister yesterday questioned in the Commons Environment Committee by MP Gerard Deltel said, well, we're going to try to focus on saving money next time.
0: Maybe they can blame the camels for polluting the environment.
1: Honestly, gets the bars. Really? (laughs) Thirteen of them. Not just one bar.
0: (laughs) Never enough. Thanks, Tom. Good luck today on Budget Day. Thank you, Alex. We'll talk again. That's Tom Korski, uh, breaking all the stories. Uh, So we'll talk to them. And, of course, we will have our updates on the budget, which will come down at 4 o'clock.